Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always, by my side, Champion Mindset co-host Marcus Pierce. Lawrence Tam, great to be with you as always. There's been plenty going on in your world, LT. It's always uh, always uh, fun and exciting uh, in in everybody's life, I think, isn't it? That's that's what actually happens. Absolutely, I think. Otherwise, absolutely. Otherwise, we won't be you, you, you living have an exceptional though. life. <laughs> you have. Oh, I love a bit of what does Damo call it? A bit of corn, bit of cheese in there. Well done. Thanks for putting that in there. But um, you have been living a Hollywood life this last couple of weeks. I saw only snippets of it on Facebook. Your experience in having an event that was due to be in Bali, which then, due to Mother Nature, natural causes you decided to relocate to the Gold Coast. This is going to be a fascinating interview because I am sure your champion mindset was tested in so many ways. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, basically it's uh, I want if I were to write a book on mindset stuff, it would be pivot. Um, <laughs> it's about pivoting, and that's been the word that I've been using a lot lately. And uh, and yeah, this for exactly us un-American or un-Canadian folks, can you give us the definition of pivot? Because it's not part of the Australian vernacular. Oh, really? Per se. Oh no, I'm it's very. Check. I'm thinking it's very uh, baseball or gridiron or I just remember pivot from like discus or shot put. But it's not used in football or cricket or tennis oh. or very Australian sports. So give us a definition. Well, that's good. And, and it's then, good to know because that means I have to change the name of the book if I should write it for Australians. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so pivoting, pivoting is really just about planting your feet and then changing directions quickly to an opposite direction. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you're running um, towards something and you have to, you know, I mean, soccer happens, right? You're moving to one side and you have to plant your feet on one side and then pivot it to another, pivot to a different location. So changing speed, directions, and location um, right on, on, a, on, a, on a dime uh, to be yes. able to split it and, uh, and, and, and be able to move quickly. Not, and uh, that's, the, that's the key thing. It's about being able to do that in life um, I think is really important. It's adapting to the world rather than uh, waiting for, you know, living, living in a world of being sorry for yourself. And that's exactly what I was thinking about when this happened. So put in the context, uh, this is, uh, you know, two, uh, maybe a week and a half ago, actually two weeks ago today. Um, is it know, really two yeah, weeks Two ago? weeks ago today. Um, I had, I literally, you know, went for a workout, came back and uh, did an interview on an interview. I had to do some strategy calls for the people in the UK um, for the association there. And then, uh, and then found out like after that, and at breakfast time that uh, all the can all the flights to bali has been canceled or suspended 
And Did you I just was, get an email, one of those pesky emails which totally changes the direction of your immediate future? Well, it was like, it wasn't a pesky email. It was actually like a, a text Facebook message? post of one of, my, one of my clients is saying, did you hear that? Uh, and I was oh. due to leave that afternoon. My flight was at 5 oh. o'clock, 5.30. And they're saying, Lawrence, did you see that all the flights in, in Bali has been canceled? I'm like, what? And Or oh, it's been delayed. And so I quickly looked up and going, holy crap, there's the volcano has erupted again. And, you know, sending ash clouds into the sky over Dampasar. Uh, so which means that, you know, no flights uh, uh, of, you know, coming out of Australia that was actually flying towards it. Uh, somehow, some of the other airlines were flying there because they can divert. Uh, we found out later why that happens. But anyways, that's not the part of the, the story. So the thing was, uh, then we go into... Um, decision like you know what will happen she got to wait it out but the thing is the, here's the problem i was running an event so this is a tuesday i was running an event starting on thursday morning um and most people were flying out the next day which is wednesday night uh to be there for you know thursday um so i had 30 people going to bali and uh at the w hotel in bali and we everything was set up and ready to go and then when this happened it's like you know, crap, really, it's sort of like, okay, what are we going to do now? You know, what It's happened? not just your family, it's 30 others. Yeah, if it was a family holiday, like whatever, you know, you can adapt. I'm sure, you know, it'll be t- different type of stresses, but it, this was, my family was supposed to join me on Saturday, so they're supposed to come on Saturday, so add to the complexity of this. So then, basically, I called up the W to find out, you know, what would happen if this ash continues, right? Because last time it happened in August, they shut the airports down for a week, right? Wow. And so like this could be a day, it could just be a few flights or it could like last a week or even longer. We, who knows? Like no one knows because obviously it's unpredictable where the winds are going to be blowing and whether the volcano decides to erupt more and so on and so forth. You don't, no one can predict that. And so luckily the W have been fantastic and that's why I want to mention them. W Hotel Bali, I use them all the time and they're just fantastic. They said there won't be no charge whatsoever, no cancellation fee, no cancellation fees, nothing. Like they didn't charge us a single dime, refunded everybody's money, which was just brilliant on them. Just a great company to work on, uh, you know, just a great company. I know the general manager very, very well. Uh, and I don't think it's because of that relationship, it's just because I think they're just a generally great uh, running business from that perspective. Um, so I can't highly recommend them. So if you ever go to Bali, you should just check it out, even just to, you know, not have to stay there, but just even just go there for dinner or something. You just get the most experience, uh, greatest uh, customer experience that you're going to get. Um, having said that, so now now that that was the big thing, that was the big thing was worrying about, oh, I'm more worried about everybody else's money, like, you know, in terms of, you know, hotel rooms and cost and all that stuff. They told me nothing was going to happen. So I'm like, perfect. This is, they're not going to charge anything. That's when, when I just go, have to take it. I had two choices at this point. And this is exactly what happens to to any situation to all of us. When there is a panic station or something that happens that unexpected, it's outside your control. You really have two choices, right? One, you can panic and 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 sort of and and just you know going what WTF and going like what the hell's going on? You know why is this happening to me? Blah 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 blah. You can go in down to that victimhood uh, mode, which most of us would. Or I remember thinking to myself and going, well, I could do that. Or I could just go, well, there's nothing I can do. I can't change the volcano. It's not like I can, I can go and stop it anyway. Uh, I remember talking with someone telling me, he goes, you could, you know, fly over the, I don't know if you ever seen Despicable Me too with, you know, you know, hot, you know, with shark and the rocket. Anyways, never mind. Uh, I can't stop the volcano. I couldn't, I couldn't put a, I couldn't like blow the wind to the other side or anything. And I just had to ride it out. Right. So the thing is, is though I'm riding it out without panicking. I can choose to panic or not to panic. That was the decision I had to make. And, you know, I, I remember going through this process in my head. I kept thinking, you know, 
literally my body's telling me I should be panicking right now. But the other side to me, I go, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So like panicking is not going to help the situation. And not just for me, but it's not going to help everybody else. You know, all the other 30 people that are expecting. Um, to, yeah, they to need you. They need you to be a champion. Well, they need me to be a leader, right? To, to lead them, go, all right, things will work out okay. Um, so the thing is, is that I just made that constant. I remember really clearly making that decision and saying, you know what? There's nothing I can do about this right now. You know, that serenity prayer, but only change the things you can change and you can't change. You don't forget about the things you can't change. Well, yeah. that, that's pretty much the situation. I can't change the volcano. So then I focused just on making the decisions that I could make at this moment in time. And so I was just forward thinking enough and go, all right, well, I don't know if it's going to be canceled or not. So I'm still going to aim to go to the airport. And so, you know, I had a taxi booked and everything and going to the airport. I don't have a ride home, right? So so basically it's going to go one way. And then I was on a flight with a friend of mine. And, and so we were just going to go to the airport and just figure it out when we get there, right? In the meantime is going, all right, let's see what happens. And once we got confirmation, which was, this is on Melbourne Cup Day, by the way. So it's the whole country kind of shuts down, especially in Victoria. It's almost like they didn't tell us. <laughs> They didn't they tell us. Busy they weren't didn't... working, so they're just like, "Oh well." <laughs> I really think there was a there was a ploy there because it, they didn't tell us until after the Melbourne Cup was finished. The race was done. That's <laughs> incredible. It was really strange. Like every other airline has canceled their flights for the day, yet Jetstar <laughs> did not cancel their flight <laughs> until <laughs> after the race was finished, which was just ridiculous. So, anyways, having said that, so once the once they decided that it was completely canceled. Then we had to make other choices. So I couldn't make choices until we knew if our flight was canceled because there's still a chance. Next day, it would be fine. Mm. So then, because most people were on the next flight, on the next day, then I had to chance it that they're going to make this flight. So I had contingency plans. And one contingency was thinking, what if they make it and how do I get there? Because the next available flight was Saturday, which it doesn't help me if I'm running the program and I'm not going to get there till Saturday. <laughs> You're the last person there. <laughs> yeah. So, but I found. Hi guys, out. thanks for coming. Have a safe trip home. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. So I figured a way that hey, you know what? I can probably I figured out another route. I just got to pay extra, super extra, lots and lots of money to get there. I will get there, right? If everybody goes, that was Plan A. Plan B was to find a different venue. Mm. And so we just sat there at the airport, literally for two hours at the airport because I didn't have a ride home, anyways. And I sat there in the airport and uh, over some smoothie, um, basically just sat there and looked at all the different locations all around. We looked at the Blue Mountains. We looked at uh, Terrigal. We looked at um, the Gold Coast. We looked at Sydney and just look at venues. This is like literally have to run an event in about. Was this you and Maria? Yeah, me and Maria. In like less than 36 hours, it's going to start. I need a venue. <laughs> like I need to find a venue with hotel spaces for 30 people. Um, so... Yeah, so no that's pressure. What, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> it's wedding season here in in Australia. Uh, I mean, it's it's over Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So yeah, it's it's a oh, perfect timing. Gosh. So that's sort of the the uh, synopsis of actually what happened. Yeah. And then I want to know though. I want to know um, how how many calls did you have to make to find a venue that was like, yep, no worries, we can accommodate you because this takes a whole different level of customer service as well, like flexibility on their behalf to go, yep, we can get that set up, we can do that, we can accommodate them. Like that's like how did you, how well, much perseverance because, did that take? Well, because there was no uh, specific um, notice of exactly how it was going to happen because we don't know whether the next flight's going to get out, right? The next day flight because there's another 24 hours later before we can actually find out whether or not they're going to go or not, right? So yeah, you can't yep. really make any solid decisions even if we found a venue, 
we couldn't commit to it because we don't know if we're going to stay here in Australia or we're going to go to Bali, right? So that that was the difficult part. And so um, we looked at other alternatives. We uh, I had a friend of mine, Matt Pryor, who has been on this podcast. Um, he faced because I put it on Facebook, and and Matt, Matt's like, "You should rent a jet." Like, I saw this. I'm going. What <laughs> are you talking about? And you loved the idea, though, didn't you? Oh, I did. I did. So we messaged you back and forth. Love the Hollywood of it. We messaged back and forth. I'm like, then he was actually distra- almost distracting me, like from doing my work because he was messaging. He was giving me all the. He gave. He literally. Matt's an awesome guy, man. Matt, if you're listening to this, you're awesome because he literally sent me a list of ten websites. I think or even more of people I could call for these things of, of hiring a jet. I'm like, could you just tell me how much a jet would even cost? Right. And he couldn't tell me. So, cause he's a pilot. And uh, so I did call, I did call one of the companies. It was 90 grand one way. <laughs> uh, just, just to say that I actually done. It. So, you know, I literally did call to find out how much a jet would cost for 30 people. Uh, it would cost me 90 grand to get there one way. <laughs> and, but anyways, they said they weren't going to fly anyways. If the bigger commercial airlines were going to fly, they weren't going to fly. So that's fine. Yep. Uh, so that was kind of, that was crossed off the list basically. Um, I could have postponed the event, I guess, but people have taken time off, um, planned their holidays around this as well. So that, you know, that, that doesn't help. Um, so the pressure was on, but, you know, keeping notice and keeping everybody in the loop, what was going on. Um, we called, I would say I would have called about seven or eight different venues before Um, you found your one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I found about three potential ones. Um, but we didn't do most of the calling till the next day because we really couldn't do much that night because it was already five o'clock at that time. Everybody's gone home and, uh, it was hard to do. So how was the response of the 30? Because this is, this is where it gets fascinating. Like some people, you know, it's like the victims go into victim land, the guilty is going to guilty land, the angry people get angry, the happy people stay happy, the cool people stay cool. Like, how did you find the response of the team? Because it's all right for you to work your hardest to be flexible and agile and to pivot, but not everyone deals with that type of scenario, you know, yeah. in the same way. So how did you find that? I hundred percent agree, and and that was the difficult part for me because I didn't know how people were going to respond. So there's a couple of factors I have to consider um, as as the organizer. One of the things is that if I should switch it, will they be okay with it? Like if I postpone it, will they be okay with it? If I switch it to yeah. a different venue, say Sydney, are they going to be okay with it? Um, or I wanted to kind of have a creating experience where we have a living experience. So what if I changed it to a different location? You know, where, how far? You know, all those factors come into play um, and trying to keep everybody happy is almost nearly impossible. So I had made a lot of contacts, a lot of phone calls with various people, uh, key people in my groups and clients who are bringing, you know, three to five people coming. And so I just need to make sure that they were happy uh, and, and try to keep as many people as happy as possible. But at the end of the day, one of the lessons I need to learn is that I can't keep everybody happy, but I can try to make sure that whatever I choose was going to be suitable for most. And I had to let go though, of the end result of what how many people were going to come. And mm. I remember making the decision to the Go Coast. We found a venue and I said, this is the funky place that I want to go to. It was a key to the in the Go Coast. I went there and they had the rooms accommodated. We moved everybody over there. And I mean, I got to commend like all of them, 30 people to, to literally the flight didn't get canceled till 12 o'clock noon the next day. Okay. So I, which yep. means I couldn't make a decision until that time. Because too many people yep. relied on, on that flight. And so which means that some people actually booked the flight to Gold Coast before I even committed to it. 
Um, there's, yeah, wow. Yeah, so Luke and Fiona, you know, if you're listening, you did a great job just committing. He goes, oh, you know what? We're just going to go to the Go Coast. We'll have a holiday anyways. We'll, hopefully you're there. <laughs> right? That was, the, that was the play. Because they had to make a decision. Oh, like they, they were like definitely not going to Bali. They're going to the Gold Coast anyway. Because their and, flight got canceled earlier because they were from yeah. Melbourne. And so their flight got yeah. canceled and they were going to the Go Coast. They, they just banked it on that I was going to move it there. Because I told everybody, yeah. this is what's happening. I kept everybody in the loop as much as possible. I said, this is what's happening. This is what I'm thinking. And we're going to move to plan B if this is what happens. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and then, so when, when that happened, once the, the flight got canceled, I go, plan B is in full action. Yeah, nice. And literally, I swear, this is 12 o'clock, right? Most of them got onto a 3 o'clock flight or 4 o'clock flight or 5 o'clock flight that afternoon. That's so good. They were already on the, air, the way to the airport. They are already packed for Bali, so which is similar to Go Coast anyways. Um, and it was perfect. Like, literally, they all switched. And we didn't miss a single person, uh, except for now, two people who actually were in Bali. Like I said. Yeah, I was going to say, now, weren't there a couple of people that were already... Over there, yeah, couldn't do so anything. Speaking about of that. the response of other people, like how were they? They were I fine. Think that's really... I mean, they were fine because at the end of the day, they were there on a holiday, and there's nothing. Yep. See, that's the thing is that human nature is that we can choose to panic, be pissed off about something, over something you have no control over, or you can mm. just choose to make the best of the situation. And the best of the situation for them, they could panic and they can be pissed at me all they want, but to me, I'm not going to take that on anyways because at the end of the day, it's not my fault. I didn't create the volcano, yeah, and so. And and someone asked me as I was flying up there. Actually, when I got to the Gold Coast, they were already kind of you know at, at, in the bar and they were were they're chilling out because they got there before me. And I said, you know, and then people someone asked me how many people were coming. I said, to be honest with you, I don't know. Like no one's actually told me. I just told them this is the plan B, and yeah. here's the, all the hotel rooms, accommodations, how to book it. Da da da. I said I have no idea how many people are coming. And to that that point, I really didn't care because that mm. wasn't the point. The point was I chose. I made a decision. And I made a call. I chose a venue. I chose a location. And it's their responsibility to take action or not. And so I didn't take on the... So one of the key things I learned is that not taking on the responsibility of them, their decisions. I mean, they can bitch and complain or they can choose to come or they can choose not to come. And I just put it back into perspective. I said, at the end of the day, you're going to learn something from it, from you, about yourself, how you make choices. About yourself. Yeah. yeah. As, you, as you say this, I remember thinking... Because on the same weekend that you would that this was happening, I was running an event in the Blue Mountains uh, for nine people, not thirty people. This is all just coming back to me now. And for nine people, four of them, three of them, three of them uh, got halfway to Sydney, and then the plane turned around right. because of there were storms in Sydney. So there were storms in Sydney, and there was volcanoes in Bali. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I know Jody Basil. Jodie Bissell, uh, she was coming to the Blue Mountains and she fell asleep on the plane and she woke up and she thought she was in Sydney but she was back on the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jodie. And it was her birthday. It was oh, her no. birthday and she spent like most of the day on an airplane or at an airport and she got to Lura at I think it was like 8.30 that night. Right. Um, but I, I got, I got, I spoke to everyone. And I said, you know what? When you want something bad enough, you'll go through whatever you need to go through to get there. And from what I know, from what Damien Christoph has told me, because I spoke to him after he'd been to your event, because he attended as, as one of the attendees, he said there were more people on the Gold Coast than what you actually thought would be there in Bali. Yeah. So a couple of people actually, um, because it was in the Gold Coast, they were able to come up. Um, because they weren't planning to come to Bali, but because it was in the Gold Coast, it was only an hour, hour flight, an hour and a half flight, they were actually able to make it. So it, we actually ended up with you know pretty much the same amount of people that we would have had, even if we had it in Bali or not. And, and they wanted it bad enough to do it. That's what I think is remarkable. Yeah, well, like, that's the thing. Such a great testament. 
I, that's what I said. That's you know, I posted up on on in, in our on our group site. Is that you got to make a decision here? Like at the end of the day, you put like everybody's. I mean, there were certain people definitely were panicking, right? But then I just put it back in perspective. I say, listen, we can panic about all we want. But it's not going to change the outcome. So let's make some wise decisions here. You you came here for a result, and once I decided not to postpone it on another weekend, because you know they made the commitment to take time off that weekend. So let's keep it at that weekend. We just need to find a new venue. I don't care if we had to do it in my house. We could have done it, right? At the end of the day <laughs> is that we were going to do it somewhere special if we could. And I pulled it off. I was able to find a new venue within, you know, you know, 12 hours or 24 hours. Um, you know, actually, to be honest with you, I made, I phoned, I got confirmation of that hotel at 10 o'clock that morning, right? So wow. just to kind of perspective, it was 10 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock that morning. I didn't sign the paper until 12 o'clock because I needed to find the, the cancellation of the uh, of the flight first and they were willing to kind of hold it for me for the next two hours and so you know in in and i told them that you know you came for a reason you booked this time off for a reason which is planning and then you know what like you might as well just enjoy wherever we're gonna go like you know who cares if we ended up in somewhere cold you know what i mean like mm. just buy some clothes <laughs> whatever it the whole point is not the trip it's not the holiday of bali that you're missing out it's you came for the planning session you came to listen and and experience the, the, the next three days with me and, and the rest of the group that was the purpose so it's about getting clear back on purpose rather than focusing on oh i'm missing on my holiday in bali now uh i'm not trying to blow wind up your behind here but when i did speak to damo he said uh he's been to a number of your events and this was the best event he's ever attended and again i don't say that to give you a massive round of applause but i do at the same time but what did it take for you to put it all behind you? Because like you say, some people panic, some people really lose it. What did it take to go, you know what, okay, that's done, wipe the slate clean, you know, wipe the sweat off the brow and then once you're on the stage, it's like we're just wherever we are in the world, it doesn't matter. Here we go. Let's play our best game. Uh, what did it take for you to deliver on that? Because that's where a lot of people go, oh my gosh, by the time I get to the finish line, I'm exhausted and I've got nothing left to give. But for you, you had to like start again and and deliver so how did you find that well it's it's like the last episode we talked about you know this bar and race it's like one obstacle at a time right so once once i made like honestly once i made the announcement plan b is in full effect it's like next like okay yeah, so we now we know we're no going problem. yeah the, like well now the, the other problem was right <laughs> the next problem for me was figuring out what i'm going to do now because everything i planned for was in bali like we were doing all a whole like bunch of events and experiences and yeah, all those speakers were yeah. there in Bali. You know, there was a speaker there in Bali that was pl- planned for. Um, there was a uh, certain um, uh, events and things that I planned for that you know only can work in Bali. So I had to rearrange everything and create new things for the Go Coast uh, that night. I arrived at eight o'clock, I think, and I had a couple hours, and then. Um, I kind of told them to start an hour later so that I could buy myself an hour uh, in the morning to kind of create whatever I had to create in the morning. Um, so it was just like, you know, next, next, next obstacle, next thing. Um, yeah, you just couldn't, you can't, you just got to keep going, right? Like it's like finishing a race. You just got to finish it. Like it's, time is not going to stop for you. So you're going to have to just keep going. Like, and also knowing to preserve, making sure I get to bed and sleep and, and rest up and knowing when I drew the limit. I remember that night thinking like, I'm really tired and me thinking more on this is not going to help. And I just rather just wake up early, six o'clock. Uh, I think I woke up really early um, the next morning and just decided to go work out 
and then come back with a fresh mind to to deal with whatever I need to deal with that day rather than I knew I could pull it off. It's just one of those things um, that I was able to push myself to actually create things on the spot. And that's something that I've been, you know, I'm probably never publicly talked about this, but it's something that I have doing more of in the last year or two is to be less prepared. And so more spontaneous. Yeah, being more spontaneous. So I've talked about this in, from a podcast perspective. Like I used to be very, very rigid on what we talk about. Um, and even my speaking, I would know, always know what slides coming up and what's going on. And I remember, uh, I think I learned it from Damien that where he, he said, you know, one, the best thing you can do is to just put up a slide and then just re- like not ramble, but just start talking rather than just relying on the slide to tell you what you're going to say. And so... Yeah. I, I took that. So I used to have like, say, you know, 50 slides in an hour presentation. And now, you know, I, pr- I rarely maybe have five. And you would know every word you were going to say. Yeah. Well, you told this story, I think at a summit, like you knew every word and went to pause and went to resume and like you had it like down to a T. I mean, the, the, I mean, I hate to say this and I hate to admit it, but I will admit to you guys. Um, it's just, I remember doing a presentation one time, like literally thinking, because I used to fly from Perth to wherever and so which means that i had plenty of time on the plane to build slides and build my talk right but uh, it didn't factor that in i know it's kind of strange but i didn't factor in from sydney to gold coast it was only an hour right um the earlier this, this, is, this is not this one this, this is early in the year i had a presentation to do in the gold coast and i was trying to do it but by the time you actually you know have seatbelt signs on you really only have like 40 minutes to actually work yeah I literally was preparing my talk in my head and built the slides in the parking lot downstairs while I parked the car because I drove from Brisbane to the Gold Coast. Um, and I parked the car and I built my five slide, five or six slides downstairs in the in the parking lot before an hour, maybe 40 minutes before I was ready to present. <laughs> but, but that's because... I love it. So it, those are... The, that's real. That's so real. That is so real. But that's the thing is that, is that what I'm t- the reason I'm telling you this is because I... I literally pushed myself into those positions over the year or over the years so that I can be prepared for an event like this where mm. I could get up and probably talk for an hour or even a whole day without having any script or knowing exactly what I'm going to talk about because I probably have enough to say now um, to fill that space if I was required to. If someone, you know, I say at the Wellness Summit, if just say half the speakers were gone, because of a stomach flu and they couldn't make it for whatever reason. And I'm sure I would be able to figure something out that would still be beneficial. And I'm not saying that, you know, it would be fantastic. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But I just feel like I've done enough to push myself to kind of be able to create on the spot. No different than these podcasts. This is one of the other things too as well, right? We've never scripted any of these podcasts. Not a single Inside the Champions Mind has ever been talked about in terms of like preparing what we're going to say. We so just, this and then we'll say that. Yeah, yeah, we pick a topic and we just roll. And then when you, but you know when, yeah, sorry, when you say this, I think of it like uh, parenthood. So when we had our first kid, and I know a lot of people here, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Lawrence. You measure everything. Like I still remember the charts of Sarah and sleep times, breastfeeding times, left boob or right boob, how many mils, all these types of things. By the time the second child comes along, it's like you know what, I've got this. I don't need to prepare my slides. In other words, and then uh, you know, the more children you have, or the more experience you have in something, it's not that you're being less responsible it's you don't have to prepare everything to the second because you've got that confidence like you said all the talks that you've done where you have prepared now gives you the confidence that you can wing it for want of a better term no matter um 
no matter the situation that arises. Well, it's about so the lesson here is about building, uh, building um, failures in your training in practice. Does that make sense? Mm. So it's not like see everybody trains to be everything to be perfect, but what if it wasn't perfect? What if the race day wasn't perfect? What if you're training for like a sunny day and it freaking rained, mm. right? What what happened then? And so if you're if you're not built for that, like if you're not built for variations in environment, then you're screwed, right? Because you can't pivot. Of going to what we're going back to the original word we talked about. And I remember hearing the story about Michael Phelps. All right, for those who don't know who Michael Phelps is, one of the greatest american swimmers that ever lived he won like seven or eight gold medals or something in the last two olympics yeah, right? at, one, yeah. at one of them he won like in beijing he won like 70 medals or whatever gold, gold medals right and so one of the things that his coach used to do was to mess with his mind and so during training session he would fiddle with his goggles so it would leak right during training <laughs> Right, so that just like maybe I don't know, punch holes in it or something, so that when he's trying, oh, these water would go into his eyes, so that he would still have to go through that. Because what would happen if his goggles flipped when he dove mm. in the pool? Like, mm. would you just stop in an Olympic race? It's like, oh, mm. I blame my goggles, right? No, like you're gonna be built for resiliency to carry on no matter what situation happens. And and that story always stuck in my mind because it's about practicing those worst case scenarios when it could happen during practice rather than having to live it real life because now you know how to do it uh, in real life yeah life is really like that it's a great example actually because life is like that every day things come up or situations or environments change that you can't control but how you get through it is the end game that's fabulous well everybody Um, yeah so everybody thinks the best like when we prepare our goals we prepare our dreams everybody expects like it's going to be perfect Let's face the facts. It is never perfect. No matter how well, like, I mean, think about your wedding day, right? You can plan your wedding all you want, but you're never happy with it because it never goes to plan. Something always messes up, right? Mm. And that's the thing. Like, what if we you- served a vegan menu <laughs> <laughs> and the roast eggplant was crunchy? No, not crunchy, chewy. <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking, but yes, they never got a plan. I mean, or something always, it was a great wedding, but something always, you look back and go, oh, I could have changed that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, I've got one more question. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But um, all right, one final question. Based on all of the experiences that you and the others went through, uh, what growth or transformation did you observe in the attendees come the end of the weekend? Like the people that panicked or the people that, you know, I suppose are disempowered when um, when surprises happen. Do you feel like they finished that weekend more resilient? Well, I think people just recognize a couple. I think the key thing that, you know, we, we talked a lot about in depth around it because it was obviously an important lesson for all of us to learn, even for myself. I think one of the things that, that's really critical here is that for people to understand that in practice or in life or in business or anything in life, there's always going to be situations where you think just like the world is against you, right? But that's not true, right? You know, it's, not, it's never true. Like you're not, like I know you're, I said this in, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the event is that, you know, I know we're all special flowers. Like we're all special people. Like you're, you're yeah. so unique. You're the only, only person in the world who has your experience, your face, you know, your face, your stature, your, your looks and everything. You're the only person, you're the only, you, you know, a sperm and an egg came together and formed you. You're very, very, very special. But also please remember that you're not so special that you're the only person who actually has these problems. Yes. You know, it's like, it's that, that whole 
balance, that bipolar thing that I think people need to recognize that, yes, you are a special flower, but at the same time, please understand that your problem is not unique. And so it's about, I thought, I, I think that what people can take away from this, from the, our experience is that they recognize that even no matter how bad the situation seemed to be at that time, they were able to make decisions on the spot. And none of them will usually make a decision like that, like a rash decision going, oh, I'm supposed to go to Bali in two, three hours. Oh, wait a second. Change of plans. We're going to, we're going to the Gold Coast. Gold Coast. It's exciting when you think about it, isn't it? It's it like, is very exciting. It's awesome. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and the whole thing was that I was actually proud of myself. And this is just something for me. Like, I was really proud that I kept it together. Like, I made a conscious effort not to get emotion about it. Like, you know, sure, inside was probably, you know, I wasn't freaking out. I actually wasn't freaking out in my head, which is really weird. And and I think I attribute back to, and I was having a conversation, and I recognized one of the reasons is because I've had experiences like this before. You know, exactly a year ago, right? A year ago before that was when I moved from Perth to Sydney where I sold a house and bought a house sight unseen over a month while I was in Europe. That's right. I made decisions in the same time a year ago that for most people would be insane. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's about then it just goes up to show that it's living life is about chalking series of experiences and living through those experiences. What makes a stronger you. And it's not that my decision, like, I mean, my decision compared to other people's decisions is probably nothing in comparison, but because they've actually built up resilience in their experiences. And I'm just chalking up my experience for my, my own life, my 2.0 version of myself. And so I, my suggestion for people listening is to go, you know, what kind of, you can either live life continuously the same, or you challenge yourself enough to create different experiences for yourself so that you can, you know, challenge you to see what your limits are. I'm not asking you to go, go crazy here i'm just asking you just go you know a little bit not you know challenge yourself to say in a tough situation what would you do you know how could you how can you make a better decision at that time because panicking adding emotions to decision always makes it wrong it's like having a fight with your partner or a friend when you add emotion to it it never goes right but if you take emotion out of it as best as you can you make a smarter call because you remove that component of of irrationality that that goes into decision making Oh, so much wisdom, LT. Thank you so much for sharing all of uh, what went on. That was an epic adventure and uh, well done. I just want to say well done to you and everyone for keeping your composure and uh, I got a lot out of hearing that experience and like you said, the big big takeaway is if there's so much emotion in decision, it's hard to make the best decision. So thanks a million, LT. Yeah, I really commend everybody who was there um, to making their call because that's how I was actually really, really proud of them for doing that. I didn't think – I thought maybe 50% would come. And uh, for everybody to show up like that uh, really means, means a lot to to show the, the character that, that was there in the room uh, and the people that what they were committed to. So I guess for listeners here is to kind of go, what kind of decisions are you going to make in the future and in these type of situations? And then maybe just give it a go. What, what's the worst case scenario? Like honestly, you probably just, mm-hmm. you know, there's always going to be consequences whether you right, make the right or wrong decision. There's always going to be and you There's always something you can learn from it. So guys, this has been Inside Champions Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam. He's Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.